Welcome to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. Thank you for listening. And now, here's the Sunday's message. You've been following the news. I'm sure you've heard about all the delays at airports these days. And unfortunately, I have my own first-hand account of an unplanned 11-hour visit to Pearson's Airport in Toronto. Just recently, in the last few weeks, I don't know, these are first-world problems, so I'll just say that up front. But I was traveling to Detroit for some meetings with the, the leadership of the Companions of the Cross. And it was a Monday morning. Monday is normally my day off. But I was up at 4.45 that morning to catch an early flight uh, t- through Toronto to Detroit. And the first flight was delayed about an hour, which, uh, which meant I was psychologically prepared to miss my connection and, and have to figure out uh, another way uh, to get there later on. But I was not prepared to spend the next six hours in lineups. And you can just see I'm slowly making progress here to the beginning of the start of the line. And it was, uh, it was brutal. They, they kept bouncing me between four different airlines. Delta sent me to WestJet. They sent me over to a different terminal to talk to United, who sent me to Air Canada. And Air Canada sent me back to United. I'm not making this up. And the United person said, listen, we can't help you. You need to go back to the other terminal to talk to somebody from Delta. At which point, I almost started crying. <laughs> and if you know me, that's a big deal. Uh, but I, I finally, you know, I try to be super nice to the people at the desk. You know, it's not their fault, obviously. And besides, I was wearing a Roman collar. <laughs> the last thing I wanted was a headline, you know. Priest goes postal at Pearson's, right? That's, that's exactly what we need. Anyways, there's this thing, I don't know if you know all these major airlines, they have these partnerships where, where one, you buy a ticket with one airline, but a different airline is operating the flight. And so the problem is that no one was willing to take responsibility. And finally, somebody put me on, gave me a standby ticket to get to Detroit late that night, and I was, I was pretty desperate at that point, and, and I just said, can you give me anything? And the guy said, well, I can give you a food voucher for, I don't know why, but for $19.54, which was enough to get a Subway sandwich and two chocolate chip cookies. So <laughs> I suspect we've all had our run-ins with big corporations, given the runarounds, you know, big policies, big procedures. Uh, they're making big profits. And here we are, the little guy. And nobody really sees us or notices or personally cares for our situation. Maybe you've, you've been on hold, you know, calling about auto insurance or something, Lis- listening to elevator Muzak for 45 minutes. Your call is very important to us, right? Please, please hold for the next available agent. You finally get to talk to somebody. You're trying to keep your, your, your tone of voice in check and... and you find out that actually it's the wrong department. And they can't transfer you, but they're delighted to give you the phone number so you can call. <laughs> At which point it's like, forget it. I don't need auto insurance. I'm just going to ride my bike. <laughs> you know? Now, the point is that we have experienced, we've come against this kind of corporate mentality. 
And for some people, that's how they experience the church. This big corporate institution that's impersonal, that doesn't care about the individual. And even at a place like St. Benedict, this big parish, it's possible for us to have this mentality, well, you know what, it's not, it's not my responsibility. They, somebody else will take care of it. They've got people for that. And actually, it's true. They do have people for that, and the they is us, you and me. We are the they. And we're not, of course, in the business of air travel or auto insurance. We are in the business of making disciples who joyfully live out the mission of Jesus. And today in the gospel, Jesus talks about how we are personally, individually called to respond to this mission. And there's two main parts of the gospel. The first, there's this lawyer who's there and, and he's uh, asked Jesus probably one of the most important questions on earth. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus throws the question back to him and he says, well, you know, love God with everything, love your neighbor. And Jesus is like, yeah, you got it right. That is the correct answer. I just pictured a game show. You know, at that point, the guy could have left with his winnings, but he decides to stay and play another round. <laughs> and he asks, well, who is my neighbor? And so comes the second part of the gospel where Jesus tells this famous parable, the story of the Good Samaritan. And he tells it there's this famous road that goes from from. Jerusalem to down to Jericho is approximately 24 kilometers, and there was an elevation loss of about a thousand meters. And so it's a pretty steep decline, and it goes through the desert, and it, in Jesus' time, there were, it was often the case that there were bandits who would hang out, hiding and looking to, to rob people who were on this road. And so as the story goes, this man, he's robbed, he's beaten, and there's a few people who pass by. First this priest, and then this Levite, both of whom they saw him, and then they passed by on the other side. Now, who knows? They might have been in Jerusalem, serving in the temple. The Levite, were, they were the priestly class as well. They might have not wanted to become ritually unclean. I, I don't know. But the point is this. They represent the Jewish faith. They are part of the religious people. They're part of the religious institution, the big corporation that has policies and procedures. And it's possible they thought, well, there's, there's somebody else who will take responsibility for this guy. And meanwhile, the Samaritan, who the Jews and the, the Samaritans, they didn't get along. The Jews really looked down upon Samaritans. But... He's the hero in this story. What did he do? He also saw him. And then he was moved with pity. And he went to him. Now, the, the word in English, pity, is uh, it's not a great translation. The original Greek and, and the previous pastor, Father James Mallon, he loved this word. The, the word is... Uh, you, you can read that, right? Splangnitsomai, or something like that. But it means to feel it. He felt it in the guts, at the core of his being. He felt moved with emotion, which caused him to then approach this person and offer 
concrete love. And Jesus is saying, if you want to inherit eternal life, it's not enough to just be part of the religious corporation. If you want to inherit eternal life, you've got to see people. You've got to pause long enough to to feel it, to be moved, and then to approach with love. And there's all kinds of ways that we can love our neighbor. Certainly feed the hungry and, and give shelter to the homeless, and those are important. But I would suggest that the most important way that we can love our neighbor is to introduce them to the infinite love of Jesus through our actions and through our words. And we're in this preaching series. It's, it's a short one. We started last week. We're ending today. But it's called Gone Fishing. And figure, figure it is. It's a good time of year. You know, it's the summertime. Kick back. Go to the cottage. Maybe literally go fishing. Unwind. It's our first summer without restrictions since 2019. So I think we all need some, some rest for sure. But we can never take a vacation from our faith. Right? We're called to love God, to worship God, and, and to continue to pray and go to Mass, whether here or elsewhere. But also this summer, to look for ways to love our neighbor. And literally, to share with them this love of Jesus. Now, at St. Benedict, we've got all kinds of big corporate tools for evangelization. Alpha. We experimented with this event recently called Proclaim. The Steubenville Youth Conference. Actually, right now, as we speak, there's teenagers, a few hundred of them, down at Dal at this conference. And so let's, let's be praying for them, even during this Mass, that, that they would experience Jesus. These are all beautiful, what I would call, big net ways of fishing. These corporate tools. But the danger for us as a big church, is to have a corporate mentality through which we say, well, the church is going to take care of that. It's not my responsibility. They've got people for that. And to shirk our, our personal call, and I think that God is calling each one of us to, to a personal evangelization. And it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be weird. But fishing with a rod and, wheel, rod and reel, as I say, it's, uh, it could be as simple as this. To see people, to pause long enough to be moved to compassion, and then to approach. And I want to give you two examples of this uh, that's that I think apply very well. The first is a couple of parishioners. They live nearby, and uh, they walk on this trail not far from our church all the time. And so they're, they're walking in the mornings, and, and they noticed this is, they first noticed this person about seven years ago. This lady who would come, and she'd walk with her dog every morning at the same time, and, and they greeted each other, hello, good morning. And, and as time went by, they started to strike up conversations. They would even walk together, and the conversation was pretty light. And then one day, this lady started to share about the challenges of life, and how, you know, whether it's illnesses in the family, or parenting struggles, or what, whatever, she just shared this. And then this couple said, you know what? We've experienced those same challenges, but one thing that's helped us is that faith is a really important part of our marriage. 
which opened the door for them to continue as they walked and talked over the next uh, time. They, they, they continued to, to speak about faith. And during the pandemic, this couple shared with this lady our live stream, and she's started watching it. And she might be watching right now, so I want to give a shout out to you. You know who you are. Uh, she actually watches our homilies twice every weekend, by the way. She's a keener. The second time, she'll watch again and take notes. Uh, it's so beautiful. And a couple weeks ago, we had this event. We called it Proclaim. And on a Friday night, we were all gathered here, and she came. I got to meet her for the first time. This was her first time she set foot in our building. And she was so deeply moved, she said, I'm going to be back. And she's even going to take Alpha in the fall. God literally put someone on the path of this couple. And what did they do? They, they saw her. They, were, they paused long enough to feel compassion for her and to approach. And it wasn't weird. <laughs> there was no pressure. But this is fishing with a rod and reel. It's personal it's gentle, and yet a conversation motivated by love. I'll give you a second example. So, as you know, Father Alex and I, we play soccer pretty regularly, once or twice a week. And some of us, you know, kind of go crazy and break bones and that kind of thing. Others are mature adults, and we know our limitations. Anyways, I've been playing soccer with the same group, more or less, for the last seven years or so. And, uh, and they're, it's a great group. And I've tried at different points to, to try to have little faith conversations. And, and so far, I've successfully uh, brought approximately zero people to Alpha. <laughs> but I've tried. I've invited. And anyways, about a month ago, I'm, I'm here at Mass. I'm looking out, scanning the crowd. And I noticed, noticed this one lady who I, I, I was like, it took me a second, and then I realized, wait a minute, that's somebody from soccer. It's like, what is she doing here? And I talked to her after Mass, and I guess a month before that, she'd found out Father Alex and I were priests, and so she looked us up and found the live stream, and she started watching for weeks, months, I think, she was watching our live stream. And that Sunday was the very first time she set foot in our church. And the very next day, Monday, I went to play soccer, and she was there, and we chatted afterwards. And then Friday, I played soccer, and she was there, and we, we had this long conversation in the parking lot afterwards. And this continued a few times. And then this one day after soccer, she came over, and she said, hey, could we talk? And so we went to grab a coffee and sat down, and, and she had all kinds of questions and all kinds of doubts, and and I mostly just, just listened, uh, but she shared, you know what, I, I grew up Acadian. She hadn't really been practicing her faith for at least 10 years at this point. I grew up Acadian. I believe in God. I was taught to pray the rosary. But you guys keep talking about a relationship with Jesus. How can I have a relationship with Jesus? I love that question. And I just, uh, I just shared it simple. You just have to choose to open your heart to him, to welcome him in. And we prayed uh, right then and there. And, and I think she might be watching this as well. And you know who you are. And, 
and just so excited for what God is doing. And that encounter blessed me, I think, probably more than it blessed her. And I'll say this, in the last eight weeks or so, I've had about eight different conversations with different people, each unique, but these kinds of personal evangelization moments. Not complicated, again, no pressure. I'm not even going looking for them, but God is putting people on my path, and sometimes I see them, I pause long enough to feel, to be moved with compassion for them, and I approach. And God has been doing some really cool things, and I just wonder... If God is, is allowing this stuff to happen, he's stirring something in me. He's been reawakening this fire in my own heart. And I wonder if it's not just for me. If this is something, this, God is pointing a direction forward for our whole parish. That yes, we have these huge, beautiful, awesome, macro, corporate tools for evangelization like Alpha. And we need to keep leaning into those. But God is calling us, each of us to become everyday evangelists who are out on the lookout. Because there's all kinds of people who are like that man in the story, who are left by the side of the road, beaten down. Maybe, maybe they have physical wounds, but certainly emotional, spiritual wounds. Maybe they feel stripped, abandoned, unseen. These are people who need to know that Jesus loves them, that Jesus has forgiven them, that Jesus wants to be in a relationship with them. And God is putting these people on our paths, not just on Father Simon's path, but on your path. And the question is, will you respond? Will you see them? Will you pause long enough to feel a compassion for them? Will you approach? Because God doesn't just want St. Benedict to be one big fishing vessel with one big net— but also he wants to raise up a thousand people fishing on the lookout to love people in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the St. Benedict Parish Sunday Message Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe and share this with a friend. God bless and have a great week.